0: Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is your host, Matthew Aaron. And I'm very excited for this coming two weeks because this is the start of a collaboration between Mr. Michael Shonai and his Evolvement Podcast and myself and Crypto 101. And these conversations you hear for the next couple weeks all came from New York Blockchain Week. This was fluidity, ethereal, and consensus. For people who are not part of the Crypto 101 Facebook community, I had vlogs on there talking about what it's like to be at the event. And my advice to everyone is don't pay for the ticket for Ethereal, they're like 500 bucks. Don't pay for the tickets for a Consensus, they're like $1,000. But go to New York Blockchain Week. Go to the parties, go to the meetups, go to the events, and go to the venues. Stand outside them or stand in the lobbies of the hotels and meet all of the people walking in and walking out of the venue. Most people come there, not because they just wanna get something done, go on stage and have a speech. They're there to enjoy the whole week. Talking about cryptocurrency, blockchain, and just trying to find new ideas. So, if you ever thought about going to New York and thought you can't afford it because the tickets are too expensive, don't buy the tickets, but definitely go. Get an Airbnb, stay with a friend, and enjoy that week. The conversations coming up these two weeks from the collaboration between Michael and myself are gonna start with today's Nanome. Nanome is a company that is designing chemicals, molecules in virtual reality. And putting those changes on the blockchain so they can see who owns those changes. Other conversations coming up these next couple of weeks: Unification, Jamison Lop, the CEO of idex, Da Hong Fei of Neo, Next Change, and Nicholas Merton from DataDash. I'm excited to get these out to you. But before we get into that conversation, remember wherever you're listening to this podcast, smash the subscribe button, leave us a good rating, and a comment. It helps us stay visible. Don't forget to follow Crypto 101's Twitter, at Crypto101Pod, and my own personal Twitter, at MatthewAaron101. Remember, this is not trading advice, legal advice, investment advice, and not personal advice. And I am excited to get into this conversation. Enjoy, and we'll see you after the show. Yo, yo, welcome to a Crypto 101 Evolvement podcast collaboration with Mr. Michael Nye. And we have Mr. Steve McCloskey, CEO of Nanome, here with us,
1: chilling. What's up, dude? Hey, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, man. What we want to do is we want to talk about your amazing company. Look, we just put on the VR. I don't know if anybody else saw this, but we put on the VR. We went live with it. And you built a platform, a room, a space where you can take chemicals. We're playing with insulin and hemoglobin and stuff like that. I don't even know what we're talking about. Manipulating it with our hands, making it bigger, smaller, adding bits and pieces to it to create new chemicals, new insulin strains. It's, it was just amazing.
1: All in VR. And I even had a watch on my wrist, so I didn't miss my meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're a scientist, right? Like, like you know, how, how many people are designing chemicals nowadays? Nye felt smart, bro. <laughs> I mean, you guys could do it. Like, like I, I don't <laughs> think there's anything limiting you. Like, you got the the Processing, you could see it in 3D. Like, you I was could actually do it.
2: I was creating molecules and proteins that have never been created before
1: so i think that's pretty smart matt (laughs) that's true (laughs) i agree
2: before we get into
0: everything your company's doing vr blockchain nft tokenizing and all kinds of different things all in
1: blockchain and vr tell us a little bit about yourself sir sure yeah i'm a you know nano engineer Uh, went to uc san diego originally grew up in la and uh was actually from north hollywood and uh yeah i was always into science as a kid um you know kept that going through college was always into video games as a kid tried to keep that going through college and uh Ended up doing more like computer graphics for video games, but like for uh, nano engineering. And so when you look at like you know, manipulating mo- molecules and atoms and proteins, yeah, you know, that is like nano engineering. And so I wanted better computer graphics, started working on that. And, uh, you know, now it's kind of like just a combination of all these cool fields I'm interested in with business models behind it. Yeah, So just trying to keep doing cool stuff and uh, get better tech and medicine for the world. Where'd you get the background to, to build something like that? Did you hire a team or you are actually sitting there coding, working away on this? I guess, what is your
0: background that made this possible? Yeah.
1: Well, so, so I had taken some like computational nano engineering classes where um, yeah, if you look at that, when, when you built the molecules and how you added the chemical group and then like it kind of shifted and like changed the structure. Yeah. Um. So I, I did some programming and that type of stuff, like molecular force fields. But then in terms of like computer graphics, I started actually uh, taking classes at UC San Diego, just auditing them because I wasn't computer science. I was nano engineering. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, tried to build like the first uh, prototypes of the platform, you know, got that online that attracted some good co-founders that joined the company with me. And then we all started building this together. Um, so nowadays, you know, I'm not so much on the programming side because there's um, really great people in computer science like graphics that you need to optimize this and have a really clean code base. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have a really great development team that's that's working on this.
2: And what is the goal of the company? Is it to build all of these different VR systems? Is it specifically for what we just tested in the medical field? Like what's what's the overall vision with what, what you guys are
1: creating? Yeah, so there's a lot of companies out there that like will, um, you know, create a lot of different uh, applications and just kind of get contracts to make different things. We just create, you know, one main application, anything made out of atoms. That's our goal. So nanoengineering is uh, things that are basically between the size of a single atom and a virus. You know, one to a hundred nanometers is the area that we look at. And what's interesting there is that's when it goes from like, you know, quantum mechanics and like wave particle duality and like, yeah, what is reality? Like what's going on at that scale versus, you know, if I hit a wall, like my hand is not going to go through the wall ever. And that's like very classical. And so that transition between this like, you know, quantum world and this classical world, that all happens at you know, around 10 nanometers, give or take, um, but really between one and 100 nanometers is a safe range to say that. That's when quantum goes classic. Mm-hmm. So when, when, you're, when you have,
0: uh, in this quantum state, Do you think that VR is going to be able to make us understand that a lot better uh, just by interacting with it, like how everything reacts? I mean, or is it just going to be something that we have to conceive first, make a program and then basically interact with our interpretation of the quantum realm? Or do you think that we're going to be able to actually physically interact with the quantum realm because of VR?
1: You know, I I think it gets interesting um, in in a few ways. So so just like understanding uh, quantum mechanics, like you need a a pretty good background in mathematics. So um, one of the first apps that we built back in the day uh, is called CalcFlow, and that one's a a 3d graphing calculator for vector calculus mm-hmm. and so that like could help you out with the foundations of the mathematics that you would need to understand like quantum theory a bit more uh, but in terms of like enhancing our understanding of like how molecules work i, I think that you know hooking up quantum computers to simulate the molecular interactions oh, is good like that's the holy grail because then you like you're not simulating it on a computer that's classical and just trying to like get close you're doing real quantum computing on real quantum systems And so you should have like 100% accuracy. What's the difference between a traditional
0: computer and quantum computer in terms of interacting on the quantum realm or quantum level? So you're interacting with molecules right now on your laptop, that's Mm -hmm. dope. But why would it be different on a quantum computer and how?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so when you uh, added the, the chemical group and it um, you know, did the energy minimization simulation, that was all classical. Um, so we use like a, a modified Leonard Jones potential, which is, Slow yeah. Down. What? Sorry. So, so, you know, gravity, things are attractive. Yes. Um, so this one, they're attractive and repulsive at a certain distance. Okay. And so like if it's far enough away, it'll start getting closer. And if it gets too close, it'll really push it away further. And that's just like a classical simulation. So does it, is it always moving or is it does it find an equilibrium? Uh, It'll find an equilibrium, but everything just keeps moving. Like everything kind of vibrates and oscillates and everything's just kind of moving. But it'll kind of be sitting in that bottom potential well and just kind of moving around. And like that's the steady state. Mm -hmm. But trying to find that state that it's called a global energy minimum, uh, that's really hard to find. But a quantum computer could find that like instantly. Right. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like some super long simulation on like a supercomputer. It's like a quantum computer just like gives you exactly what you want very interesting in theory I mean yeah I mean right now the the best thing is probably the 2048 uh, you know qubit uh, quantum annealer system from D-Wave okay Um, but I'm still waiting for some good papers to come out that show like you know real uses uh, basically stuff that we're doing but you know, the, the people writing the quantum code for the molecular simulations using D-Wave, I haven't really seen much come out of that. But it's definitely um, you know, the future. So this is a blockchain show. We're talking about crypto. We're talking about cryptocurrency. We talked about manipulating
0: uh, molecules and chemicals in VR. And now we're at quantum computing.
1: What does this have to do with blockchain? Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it's all going to come back to that molecule that, uh, that you made a little bit earlier. And so that molecule that you made, you, you, know, you said earlier, you made something that nobody else has ever made. So how do we capture that? Yeah, how do we make sure that people know that you are the original creator of that mm-hmm. so the idea we have this like matrix uh, first the hash application where you go online you upload your file generate in a hash um, you store that hash on the blockchain and so now that's permanently tied from your address and it shows that your address put that hash on the blockchain. And so if you're the first to hash, it's like you're the first inventor, the first creator of that molecule.
0: So when somebody comes in and starts manipulating that molecule too, say I made that molecule and I'm like, dude, that's dope. And I pop on VR and I start adding to it and manipulating it, you're gonna see the chain of creation.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we wanna encourage the collaboration, but yeah, a big part of collaboration, like if you get your work ripped off, like that sucks. Nobody wants to get their work ripped off. But right. if you track it and you're able to see, you know, who's taking what work and who's modifying it, who's making it better, you could encourage that collaborative process and that's how things get done is people working together
2: super interesting i mean this kind of leads into a whole other realm of what vr is like potentially and i believe like will be used for in the future you know right now like the majority of the masses are using it for games you know mad and I, we we fuck around with it a little bit and, and play zombies you know and, yeah and, and shoot some zombies around or, <laughs> or we have hangouts in in vr and things like that which, which he
0: always says he kills more zombies than me i don't think so we need it on the blockchain to be honest with you i am yeah. definitely the best
2: zombie killer in this room not a question
1: it's <laughs> not immutable though <laughs> exactly exactly
2: how do you think this is all going to be used education wise in the future do you think this is like going to be spread through colleges uh high schools and things like that where people are learning unique and delicate skills like through vr
1: 100 percent, man dude we're so popular in australia oddly enough like so uh, new south wales australia they have like i don't know 400 headsets like word yeah they're doing their um their end of the semester end of the quarter like finals in vr right now like showing off all the proteins and chemicals that they were working on like this is like being used today i just got a facebook message saying that they're going to get like 60 oculus quests and they want to basically get their entire chemistry department in vr and uh teach all like the chemistry labs in vr so it's like it's the future <laughs> it's the present like it's happening these things are are really awesome and you know it's being commoditized even more where you don't need the computer you don't need the wires like just right. have the headset 400 bucks like I think that's very affordable for schools to get like hundreds of these. And, and, yeah, exactly. 400 bucks. Like, So I, I don't know if anybody,
0: whoever's listening or watching in live... If they even can hear me over there, an Oculus Go is two hundred bucks. An Oculus Quest is four hundred dollars. That is super affordable for the even the average person to go in there and start maybe learning. You know what I really like is online courses like Coursera or you know like a Code Academy. You know you yeah. can go there for free and like I, I learned uh, you know JavaScript from Code Academy, HTML, C, uh, CSS, and of course, and then I did a lot of courses from you know like either even Harvard, MIT, and University of Chicago on in Coursera, and it's so good you know these courses are so good you have access to these amazing professors just imagine the accessibility you're going to have when you have this on your uh, on your face and you're able to sit in classrooms and manipulate chemicals and molecules and you know even trade car engines brakes airline or airplane mechanics and things like that Dude, it's accessible now,
2: and and even that, like I think there's still some major, major misconceptions. You know, every person that I talk to, who not every person, but a large majority of the people that I talk to who haven't experienced VR, still think a few things first they think vr is way too expensive they don't even realize you can get an oculus go for two hundred dollars and if you want to get something cheaper you can get little box ones you can put your phones in it i don't i've never really messed with those so i can't say how i did they're kind of lame yeah, yeah i bet they're, they're okay i bet they're yeah. i bet they're kind of lame they're pretty lame Dude, It's a cardboard so. box in your face bro. i bet so but it's still it's still it's <laughs> it's a step in the right direction right so people like i was talking to my friend he still thought the goes and all those things were thousand thousand five hundred dollars and that's just not true anymore and besides that people are a lot of people who haven't experienced it are bearish on it because they haven't really stepped into the experience i know when i introduced matt to it and, and when i was introduced to it and i put it on for the first time it was literally like stepping into a whole different world. So
0: I, I actually, I didn't tell you. So my, I met up with my friend just yesterday. Um, that's why I left all the parties. And so we met up at the bar down there and we're talking. I was talking to him, telling him about uh, doing our meetups in VR. Like we said, offline, we do meetups in VR. We get uh, you know, crypto guys over there and we just wrap out, you know, put stuff on the board, PP, uh, PPTs, PowerPoints, you know, and just, you know.
2: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine
0: talk about cryptocurrency and blockchain and stuff like that and i was like yo you don't get it until you come so we came over here he put on the go and he's just like he's blown away and it's the 200 dollars machine that's hooked up to your
2: your eyeballs with one little clicker what are some of these barriers that you see to actually getting this technology adopted into more of the mainstream and how do you think we can overcome those kind of things
1: yeah, well, I think back in uh, you know 2016, we, we saw a pretty big like VR wave, a lot of hype. Um, yeah, so I think that was a little bit early because um, it was all desktop based VR, laptop based VR. You had to like plug in, and it was kind of expensive. So to get you started, it was really like on a 2000 bucks back then. Um, but then the Go came out, you know, mm-hmm. like last year, like that was pretty dope. It's only been out for a year. Uh, yeah, I think it came out at uh, F8 last year in like May. Okay, was that the very first one without all the wires connected to computers? Uh, It was the first like super popular one. Right. Yeah. 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 And so like now we're going to have the quest. And so like the quest is uh, pretty much like the same desktop thing. You got the controllers in there. You have like a pretty nice high resolution headset, good graphics, and then um, they're releasing it with a bunch of really great games. And so like, you know, newcomers into VR that are just experiencing this, they have a lot of really high quality content, high quality hardware and so I think 2019, like yeah, the piece is already set up and I think we just need to keep talking about it and be like, hey, like VR is here. It's, it's good stuff. People are using it. Like if there's people that deny it, just put the headset on them and you know, let them play with it. Like, I think that that's the best way to convince somebody that like VR is awesome and real is just let them try it out. You period. killed it when you said like you know wants to pick up sixty quests. You already got in like
0: uh, uh, you said, Wales.
1: Yeah, in, in New South
0: Wales. New South Wales, yeah, okay. In Australia, yeah. uh, in Australia. Um, and then this is already adopted. What other markets are you in right now? How are other people using it, and where are you trying to go?
1: Yeah, I mean, our, our biggest market, our biggest focus, really, is the uh, the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> right now. Yeah, we get reach out from um, you know chemical manufacturers that are yeah, interested in using the product as well. Right. Um, but the big thing is uh, we want to you know help the medical industry get these medicines to market faster. And so that's gonna help save people's lives. It's gonna improve their quality of life. And so uh, that's our first market that we're focusing on. And we get to work with these researchers mm-hmm. that are you know, crystallizing protein structures, solving them, analyzing them, and developing drugs for that. And uh, so that's really awesome. We just uh, published a paper with uh, Novartis GNF. So that's a Genomics Institute of the Novartis Research Foundation, uh, just down in San Diego where we're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, really great people. You know, They talk about how they're using it for you know, structure-based drug design and they're analyzing the proteins, designing new molecules. And so we're in a a lot more of these top pharma companies as well, getting into the smaller biotechs, uh, but we distribute online and that's where a lot of the universities find us. I think we have to go check out this company, by the way. What is it, Novartis? 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 Yeah. It's in San Diego, you said. Novartis is global, but yeah, GNF San Diego is uh, the the one that published the paper. Yeah, awesome.
2: Now, kind of moving into the crypto side of things, what's your opinion on how cryptocurrency will play a role in VR and vice versa?
1: Uh, so I used to play World of Warcraft back in the day. Why does everybody in crypto say that shit? Because Hell it got yeah. it got us it's hooked, like World man. War, 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 Warcraft. we had we had, yeah. we had digital currency, we had auction house, we had peer to peer trading, we had scammers. Like mm. it's just like there's so many parallels between World of Warcraft gold and modern day cryptocurrency. <laughs> sure. And so, you know, uh, I think that we're gonna have a lot of applications that kind of mirror that. And instead of having like a centralized gold repository that the company's selling, they just put that on the blockchain and you know, now they could track everything and a lot of these peer to peer um, trades to, to be more efficient and more secure. And then you have um, the ideas like the NFTs you, you mentioned. So it's not just CryptoKitties with the ERC-721s where you just have like one unique asset. Um, there's Engine who, who made the 1155 ERC um, standard. And so with that, you can make like 500 swords and then there's like a limited supply of only 500. And then if those are distributed in game, they might increase or decrease in value depending on the in game economics. Right. So I think that that's a, a big you know, part of the industry, like you're just going to have these like tokenized digital economies, and it's going to mirror the real world a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our end, I really love the creative aspect. you know create a new video game character, create a new uh, piece of code, create a new chemical. It's like that's what I care about in crypto right now. I mean I, I like a lot of the parts in industry, but that's like the, the one challenge that we're tackling. How do we track the things that people create, give them the proper attribution, uh, crowdsource things, give them the proper rewards, and encourage people to work together and create better things. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I see uh, blockchain helping out in our respect is like design applications.
0: I swear word of warcraft and and poker is the two things I hear most about people coming into the crypto space. Like that's
1: just... It was a fun game, man. I I have never played it. I mean, what what did you do with your child? I watched Star Trek. (laughs) so so star trek get you into crypto or you're like oh man this of space society they don't have cash right
0: no star trek didn't get me into crypto but i just maybe like really love tech in the future you know it's just like i personally believe that we can have better lives and just like more experiences through technology it's just inspiring to think about these different things and I, i kind of realized for myself i can wait for people to do it or i can be part of that and help shift and guide the whole path of, of how I think tech will play a part in the future. And I think that's kind of what you're doing. It's like you see this technology and you're like, I know how the future looks from my eyes
1: or my VR goggles. Yeah, well, well we all saw the replicator in uh, you know, Star Trek, right? Yeah, you, know, you just kind of 3D print, materialize anything you want. So, like, I want to create the files for that. Yeah, you know? and those files like, seemingly would, would have atomic precision. And so it's not really like a you know, five Dude, year goal. Like, when it keep making blown. molecules. Mind blown, stop. Hold it.
0: Just wait a second. <laughs> my mind just got blown there. You just filled in the keys I was like how does the replicator know what to do
1: yeah how does it know what to do right like you know it's got to have some sort of a file structure that's like keeping track of all the atoms and so we really yeah do that at a very small scale. It's not like you could um you'll have some atomically precise like water bottle or, or something like that yet actually, you probably could depends on how you do it, but it'll take you, a lot of time a lot of it, you kind of need like nested layers where you know the base layer you have the atomic coordinates and you have like the chemical structures, and then like a bit above that, you have bulk property of the material mm-hmm. and then once you have that bulk property of the material that has um basically i like, think about an algorithm for placing bricks or something, right? you know, and then once you know that the building is made out of bricks, you could just define the geometry of the building and then just let the bricks fill themselves. So that, that's more so how I see that going in the future. But I mean, right now, just getting these baseline files that are atomically accurate, mm-hmm. I think that that's the first step. And, you know, we're helping multiple industries, pharmaceuticals, chemicals, you know, material science and, and materials industry is also huge. And so, um, you know, really target those, get the you know, university college kids hooked on it. Mm-hmm. And let them, uh, you know, take part in that system, and then in the future, you know, I think that the you know twenty one hundred version of Nano making files for the replicator, and hopefully somebody has a replicator by that. That's awesome.
2: Mm. I mean, even going back to the World of Warcraft example, I know like you may not relate to it, but imagine—did you play that? I did for a little while. Oh, right. I was like sixteen or something like that. that I was like a level twenty eight or something bro. i don't even All know what right. that means That wasn't bad I it's wasn't not bad, bad. Yeah. It what's, wasn't what's, the, what's
1: the highest level uh i mean back in the day it was 60 yeah. uh, it, you know there's still What'd World you of Warcraft. uh i played 60 a little bit of end game there and then i played the expansion that went to 70 and then a little bit of end game and then stopped right,
0: so you, you're like they're like one up he's the best yeah okay level much. supreme nerd.
1: yeah well i mean well much. now there's like uh, level 110 <laughs> i mean i stopped playing that like 10 years ago um back when level 70 was the highest yeah yeah, well even thinking about that, right? I like that
2: example. I like that example because I never really thought of it like that. It really World of Warcraft was this whole unique world you could buy and sell all these unique goods within it with the the World of Warcraft currency, the gold. You could communicate with people peer to peer, you could trade with people peer to peer, all of those different things. Now imagine we are utilizing that like with something like the Central Land, mm. you know, where it's 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 connected to the blockchain, it's immutable. We have all these uh, uh, capacities to integrate virtual reality. We're literally talking about an entire different world, and I. Th- don't think people really understand the gravity of how big something like that could be right
1: yeah definitely i and it's not uh, just going to be the central land like um yeah they're doing some really cool stuff with like the, the land parcel on the blockchain um where now you can like own a piece of land essentially in a video game like that's super awesome uh there's like a million other companies uh you know, working on this aspect of like these digital economies and, and gamification aspects so i'm just you know excited to see everyone uh you know take their own part and do something cool with it one of the biggest things in cryptocurrency space and
0: digital asset space is that people don't have a monetization plan they kind of like raise their ICO tokens and they just go hey we're gonna build things off of this and then they're like oh we'll figure out how to make money I don't know if you did an ICO but what was your fundraise how did you start developing this and how do you plan to monetize and and make revenue
1: so we uh, we kind of have like a very traditional model um, and a very untraditional model. So the traditional model is like we, we make software, we sell it on an annual basis. So you like gotcha. pay for annual subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we sell it to pharma, universities, uh, average gamer, consumer type people. We also have Ma- a free if I ask how much that is? Uh, so the prices on the website is like, um, I think it's discounted like 200 bucks per year right now for like universities and, and people like that. 200 bucks per year per person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's affordable. Yeah, it's affordable. I mean, you put that I mean, together I, with I a $400 like, headset yeah. plus like a $200 per year program. Like this is very high quality stuff that's very affordable. Wow. So, yeah, so that's the traditional model. Um, yeah, Pharma, we charge a bit more, uh, but they have like private infrastructure and like other Obviously, things that yeah. we need to deal with that, right. that make it more of an overhead cost. The expansion pack. Yeah, the expansion pack, the private server deployment, you know, right, 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 All that fun stuff. Um so that's the traditional model. Yeah, it keeps the lights on, uh, keeps keeps company going. And then we get to do cool stuff in the crypto world. Um like the eventual goal of the crypto platform isn't just like, yeah, you, know, you make a chemical and like you make it better, it's like ownership of that. Right. So, you know, who owns the the intellectual property of that chemical? Is it one person? Is it many people? Yeah, you know, that really goes into the securities aspect of all this because if you um, you know, take a uh, an item and um, you know, tie it to a contract and say that there's different people that own it, um, then that definitely goes into like SEC securities type stuff. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm curious to see that field evolve and whenever the regulations are ready, we're gonna be securitizing the chemicals that people create and trying to distribute the ownership. Right. And so I think that that's gonna be really cool because then you know, if we crowdfund and, and crowdsource uh, a different project, uh, then we could ever take ownership of these uh, chemicals. Or hmm. uh, one of the models that's been proposed is we also have a free version. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't want to pay 200 bucks a year and you're using the free version, uh, we might in the future be adding like a you know, 5% type of tax. Like, Which is like if you use a free version, create something, like we get 5% royalties. Like a little bit of control of the IP chemical. or something like the copyright yeah. of whatever you create. Yeah, not like 100%, but just, you know, like it's pretty common. Like Unreal Engine, free, you make a video game, they charge like 5%. Um, so if you make 100 bucks on a video game you send 5 bucks on Unreal Engine that's really smart mm-hmm. I like that makes sense I like that Mr. Michael now, do you have anything else to say?
2: no man I'm just really excited about the potential of all this um, we both have the Oculus Go I've been playing around with it for man, I, my quest is coming next week you, oh sweet I know yeah, me too. you lucky man. oh yeah you, you pre-ordered I, yeah you, man, Dude, get on it. I got to. I'm going to be traveling in Europe for a month, though. Oh, boo-hoo. I'm not going to to sign when you come to me for a while. (laughs) But, man, I I thank you for coming on, man. I think this is, like, really, really cool. It's a whole other world having the two controllers and all these other buttons that you have on that thing. And and seeing what you guys have built is really cool. So that's all I really got to add to it. Uh, Before
0: we get off, though, please tell everybody how to find you if they want to know
1: more. Yeah, um, so you go to our website. Uh, We're at nanome.ai. That's nanome, like genome. And, uh, yeah, just feel free to download the free version we don't charge anything for that no percentage of your intellectual property right now uh just check it out have fun with it you know feel free to reach out to me meet up in vr my uh you know gamer tag on our applications just steve nano so if you see me creating rooms over there pop into my room and say hi
0: and on the same thing why don't you pop into our uh, vr meetups too um when we have them we'll Keep in touch. Uh, look at his Twitter or my Twitter. We put the links up there and we'd love to go into VR and to alt space and uh, talk crypto.
1: Awesome. Yeah. 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 That sounds really fun. All
0: Thank right. You. All right, Steve, Mike. Peace. Peace. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. In our next episode from this series and the collaboration between Crypto 101 and Michael Shilnai's Involvement Podcast, we have Nima from the Unification Foundation. All these episodes are going to be released on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Before we get off, I want to say thank you to Randy for editing this episode. And a quick shout out to the Crypto 101 bloggers who are writing on Medium at least three to four times a week. So check out the Crypto 101 blog on Medium. we we'll see you Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific time for Unification from New York Blockchain Week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.